This episode is uh, basically the part two of the uh, episode on human government. Except in this one I want to talk about what the New Testament says about what a church government should be like. The real issue here is is basically a question, and the question is, is what kind of authority structure uh, does the New Testament instruct our our church to have? And that's hopefully what will be answered here in some of this study. The New Testament actually mentions uh, several different types of leaders in the church, such as uh, bishops, uh, deacons, elders, pastors, uh, and uh, other that are not not normally used in many denominations. We don't actually see a lot of those positions anymore. The modern church has kind of more or less tended to have one leader as a pastor and maybe some some paid staff in the worship uh, music and, and uh, but everything else is, tends to be uh, done by volunteers who teach Sunday school or uh, serve on the board or uh, act as sort of deacons uh, in the church. However, a careful reading of the uh, New Testament, especially Paul's letters in which he gives instructions to his spiritual sons such as Titus and Timothy and uh, instructs them on how to uh, set up and organize the, the local churches that uh, some of which he founded, shows a, a very, uh, very different organization than what we do in the modern day. Now, in the, in the human world, we look around and see pretty every organization or institution around us. We notice that everything is, uh, is organized in some form of hierarchy. So that seems to be the, the pattern of human uh, civilization. Is It's almost always a, a pyramidal authority structure with uh, the elite at the top and everyone else at the bottom. However, the New Testament doesn't, doesn't actually support this when you get into the the real details of each 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 letter where instructions are given on how the church is uh, to be organized. Jesus gave very specific instructions uh, to his apostles of how uh, they were supposed to govern the church uh, once he returned to heaven. And we will see uh, from other uh, readings in the New Testament that the type of authority that uh, the Bible prescribes is very different from what the, the way the world is organized. And the first thing I'm going to actually jump ahead and we're going to look at some couple passages from Revelation which reference an issue that has a lot to do with uh, modern church leadership. In Revelation uh, chapter 2 there's a couple references to a, a group uh, that's not mentioned much in history that's called the Nicolaitans. And keep in mind in these letters in uh, the Bible in the Revelation this is Jesus himself speaking to the churches uh, through through John. And he says first in Revelation 2, uh, 6, But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Later on, he says in uh, 2.15, in the next letter uh, to the church in Pergamum, 
He says, Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. We can say uh, safely from reading these statements out of the Bible that Jesus didn't want this group, uh, the Nicolaitans, anywhere near his church. And a careful, uh, quick little study will probably show us some, uh, some of the reasons why. The literal meaning of the word Nicolaitan means conquerors of the people. This is, uh, suggests a system where religious leaders rule over their congregations and interpret the Bible for them. In Revelation 2.15, Jesus states that he hates the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Conquer is defined in the dictionary as the use of force and control. This would also include the construction of a church hierarchy, such as where the bishop is like the general of the army and the rest of us are the privates, and we have to follow their orders. Interestingly, in the Catholic Church doctrine, the Council of Trent states that if anyone says there is no hierarchy instituted by divine ordination of bishops, priests, and deacons, let him be anathema. This is from the Council of Trent, uh, Session 23, Canon 6 on the Sacrament of Order. Anathema here means excommunication and subsequent damnation to hell by the Pope. We saw in Genesis 10 in the other episode that Nimrod, which means rebellion in Hebrew, changed government into tyranny so that humans would be dependent on his power, not on God's. Out of rebellion, people want to find a man to listen to instead of God. This is probably why God is not real to the majority of the world. Because the belief is that men, our religious professionals and church corporations, can save us. In Genesis, it was God, man, and woman, with no priest as a mediator. Interestingly, we see from various parts of the Bible that when false prophets and teachers appear, they all offer the same three things. Status in their church, wealth, and rule over others. If you listen to them and not to God, then you're ruled by a curse of slavery to human leadership. This, I think, is a big part of what the, the evil that's in the Nicolaitanism, the system of Nicolaitanism. Many churches use the uh, passage of Ephesians 4.11 as a hierarchy we must follow. But it's not certain that God is giving a hierarchy in, in, this, in this passage. I think it looks more like he's just describing different gifts used and different positions used for the building of the church. They're not titles. In the Bible, we will see that all are on the same level as God's servants. Ephesians 4.11-12 says that all these gifts are to be used for the equipping of the saints, while uh, 1 Corinthians 12 which is often used for some of these, is not promoting a hierarchy either, but it's merely a list of all the gifts that support the body. We will see later from some uh, passages, such as in Jeremiah 23, that God punished the priests of the Old Testament for ruling over the people in the manner described later in, in the uh, what the Nicolaitans would be. Uh, in Matthew 20:25 20, and Mark 10, 41 to 44, Jesus tells his disciples not to be like the leaders of the world who rule as dictators. 
Matthew uh, 20, 25 says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. Meanwhile, Mark 10, uh, 41-44 says that uh, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who were regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. However, these statements do not at all describe the modern uh, church authority structure, in which is more like the modern, our modern church authority structure is a good reminder, subconsciously, that men rule over men and not God. In addition, uh, 1 Peter 5, 1-3 states that, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but e eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Does the modern church at all sound like that? I don't think so. The reality in most of our churches is, is that once our leaders have their Doctor of Divinity degree, they become like the Pope and create a Nicolaitan hierarchy in the church where they have to be served and everyone, everything revolves around them. Remember, however, just because a situation exists in the world, that doesn't mean it's of God. The style of leadership that perhaps many of our churches are run in is, is not of God. And remember, in Jeremiah 23, uh, verses 1 to 2, we see the reason that God punished his priests and the reason of his displeasure with his priests of his temple was that, that they ruled God's people unjustly and didn't attend to their needs. God continues on this in Jeremiah 23, 11 to, verses 11 to 13, where he says that both prophets and priests are profane. In the same way as modern evangelists look to provide for their own needs first and do uh, their religion as a, as a business, this contradicts the Bible. Ezekiel uh, 34, 2 says, should not the shepherds feed the flock? Jeremiah 23.16 also says, uh, it rebukes, it's a rebuke on uh, many of our today's religious leaders, because it says, these prophets speak out of their own heart, not from the mouth of God. We have the same deception in our generation, that God's people are being deceived. Many of our modern church leaders are only concerned with their personal increase of wealth not the spiritual or physical needs of anyone in their congregation. Our modern church corporation is often one where all the focus is on gaining wealth and experiencing God's glory, and which blesses only those at the top of the pyramid, the very, which is the, one of the very worst features of modern capitalism. In the passage I read from First uh, Peter, where it says to serve the flock and not rule over them, the Greek word for rule 
is uh, Strong's uh, number 2634 and means to bring under one's power or exercise authority over them. So in other words, it's a confirmation of what Jesus said to his disciples about not to rule over others in the manner of the Gentiles. The problem we have in today's church is that people love to rule over others, but this is the practice of the Nicolaitans. Modern church is all about gaining titles, so we don't have to do a servant's job anymore or work for free. But we should all remember it's Jesus' church, not the pastor's. If church leaders are supposed to have so much authority to rule over the individual's lives, why did uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 11.3 uh, not mention church leaders at all in that verse? In that verse he only says that man is accountable to God. There is no hierarchical ministry described in there between God and man. And most of Paul's teachings says that church leaders are meant to serve the body, not the other way around. Clearly there is something wrong with our hierarchical authority structure that we use in the church. Revelation 18.3 says, Come out of her, my people. Hierarchy is especially one where the leader benefits at the expense of everyone else are all features of the Babylon world system described in the book of Revelation. We see in the book of Revelation that this very system is one of the key reasons for God's outpouring of wrath on the world. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 33, Paul writes, What shall we then say, brothers, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction or revelation? a tongue or an interpretation. All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. This doesn't sound at all like the New Testament churches had one person running the entire service, but sounds like everyone was using their gifts in turn with each other. This is how a church, according to biblical principles, should be organized. In Paul's New Testament letters, when he instructs specifically Timothy and Titus, there's very little mention of pastors, but lots of mention of bishops, uh, deacons, and uh, elders being ordained and uh, used as uh, for uh, examples of leadership in the church. The pastor actually only uh, the word pastor is only mentioned twice in the entire New Testament, and it's only in lists of gifts. It's not. It sounds like even the old or New Testament. Uh, most churches didn't even have a pastor, yet we have in our modern system have elevated this role to the, uh, the top of the, the pyramid in the, in the local church. Personally, after participating in a few house church services, I observed that the spiritual needs of each individual member there were met in a far greater way when everyone had partic individual participation than all sitting around and listening to a trained speaker doing all the talking. 
the presence of a, a pyramidal authority structure in, uh, in most church congregations should be taken as a sign uh, that uh, people want to listen to man and not to God. Now I'm well aware that uh, many of us may like uh, the modern church uh, corporate worship system uh, in which we uh, leave the work of all the uh, painful hours of study and uh, you know which may be boring and uh, and the hard work of uh, developing a relationship with God to the professionals so we can sit back and uh, just enjoy the what's uh, sort of the entertainment uh, entertainment of the services but uh, keep in mind that in uh, verses such as Acts 419 the Apostles who were founders of uh, the modern church uh, disobeyed the Jewish government because they we're prohibited by the by scripture from obeying ungodly commands so that means if uh, if we're given the choice between following ungodly laws we have to uh, because we're accountable only to God we have to uh, follow what the Bible teaches us instead and which means you know don't obey none of us uh, should obey any ungodly commands from a minister if what your minister is teaching you in your local church contradicts scripture, you obey God's law instead. Other verses such as 1 Corinthians 6.17 and Revelation 18.3 also support this. In conclusion, I'd just like to add, uh, for those of you that like going to a dead church uh, every Sunday and the same routine where you're out in time for lunch, uh, then keep doing it man's way and just keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to experience the real power of God, it's time to get rid of the Nicolaitan authority structure. ...system of, uh, of human worship and uh, start uh, accessing God directly. Remember, the power of the first century church was in uh, the fact that many members were all exercising their gift and not uh, sitting around listening to one trained speaker. The letters uh, written to the churches in the New Testament suggest that somewhere in history we got off the rails. And that somewhere is probably in the 4th century when Constantine basically wanted to put all, all churches under state control. So he denied the fivefold ministry and placed only a pastor in control that was like subject to the government. and. This is uh, the beginning of uh, the system we have now, and this is sort of how it came to be. And it creates, uh, well, it creates several problems, but one of which Jesus mentions in John 10, chapter, or verses 11 to 13. Remember, Jesus teaches us uh, throughout the entire Gospels, but especially in the, the sections I mentioned, such as Matthew 20, 25, that there is to be no hierarchy, no form of hierarchy among all of his disciples because uh, all of us are actually all, all his servants. And which is, this is contrary to what organized religion teaches us because organized religion, uh, leaders of our, of our organized religions do not see everyone as equals and they teach us to think the same way. And uh, one of the problems of that caught up that's in this is uh, Jesus speaks about in uh, John in John 10:11 uh, to 13, Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. 
The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. This is often the problem we have in today's churches, that the people that are, that are serving there are not anointed to do the job, but they're paid, and they're definitely there to receive the salary and compensation. The Nicolaitan-style uh, hierarchical pyramidal authority structure promotes uh, leaders do not act in our best interest. They're acting only in their interest. And in some of that includes uh, false teeth, which is the reference to the wolf uh, devouring the sheep. This is a really big topic, and I, I'm almost out of time uh, for, for this episode. So I'm going to leave the, what, what, the rest of what could be said here, I'm going to leave for another episode. Just remember, God never intended each congregation should have its own dictator. Revelation 1, uh, 6 to 7 says that To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. That means, again, it just underlines that all, whatever their position in the, in the body of believers may be, all are God's servants. The entire New Testament teaches us a, a model of servant leadership, uh, starting with Jesus and then going through the apostles. And then our example, uh, like just like the apostles, is always to be Jesus, who says in Matthew uh, 20, 26, that whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Remember that it's Jesus' church, and he is the example that all our leaders are to follow. Anyway, in the meantime, until next time, God bless you, and here's some Blind Willie Johnson. Well, who's that riding? Who's that riding? Who's that riding? Hey!
Oh, that riding. Yeah, the revelator. Hey, for God's sake. 